0: This is Birth
1: Confidential with TJ. Thanks for checking out this episode of Birth Confidential. If you like it, please rate and review it anywhere that you get your podcasts. That would definitely help me out a little bit. Or share it with your friends you think would enjoy birth stories. This episode continues with Fiona Coley. The last episode we heard her birth story and now she talks a little bit about what she was going through when her son H started having seizures and that they were able to get an early diagnosis on him. And it's not medication that controls his symptoms. It's actually the keto diet. Here's what happened.
0: When he was three and a half months old, uh, we were home, we were here and I took him up to go to bed and I took him upstairs and it was dark I I, like I can literally remember it like it was yesterday and I turned the lights on in his nursery and I looked at him and he looked funny and I realized he wasn't breathing like legit wasn't breathing like he was red and it was almost like he'd been winded and he was staring at me and I just was like I mean within I think maybe 30 seconds I was out the door and um, my stepdaughter was here, and she was in the driver's seat, holding him. Very illegal.
1: You ain't nobody um, got time for no car seats in that moment.
0: Oh no, no. Um, and then halfway to Vanderbilt, he is hiccuping and laughing, and I'm like, "What? He's fine." I'd call my husband. He met me in the parking lot at the hospital, and when we got there, he was fine still. And my husband and I had a quick conversation. He was like, "Remember, like all the COVID stuff. Only you can go in with him, like." I just wanted to see him before you went in, you know, and at this point he's fine. And my husband kind of was just like, you haven't been sleeping lately, like are you? I think he, for a second, for a second he thought like I'd imagined it and he was holding him and then he did it again and he went limp and he just was just like, and this was probably within like 10 minutes of us getting to the hospital, obviously. So my husband runs in with him and, and then we spent Four days there and they just said, Oh, it's just he had a brewery. Kids do this sometimes. He must have just had a viral infection. And they sent us home. And then three weeks later, happened again at home here. One of my girlfriends was holding him behind me here. And once again, I drove with him in the passenger seat with her. Second time now. Uh funnily enough, that happened three times all all altogether, and never did I go past a cop. And I literally drove through every single light, honking my horn, and I was not gonna stop like if the cop fuck, chase me, whatever chase me, um, and so like long story short, we went through loads of doctors, and these were apneic seizures. They're called so it's where he holds his breath. When one would happen, twenty would happen, and they would happen in clusters, and then they would not happen again. So it was like over and over and over. He would desat down to like sixty six, which is like no oxygen. And so they would last for like 30 seconds and then he would breathe again. So it wasn't like long enough that they were like damaging, but obviously, you know, it's terrifying.
1: Nilly did Um, that too at 10 months old. The babysitter had to take her to the hospital and they were like, well, she held her breath and she had a seizure. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, it's normal. So then I got to take her home and now what do I do? Right.
0: So the second time we went home with seizure medication and they were like, this medicine will work. And then I was like, okay, so now I go home with the baby Then we don't know what's wrong with him. And we'd done the genetic tests, but they were taking a while to come back. And then like, he just wasn't himself. Like he got really tired, but he was on a massive amount of drugs. And, you know, it was just, I, in my gut, I knew something was wrong. I think looking back, like I knew something was wrong from the moment I had him because we had such trouble with breastfeeding and he would feed for a really long time. And it all now makes sense, now we know what it is he has. Basically, he has something called a glute one disorder, which is glute one deficiency, which is literally like, Winning the lottery without buying a ticket is so rare, but it's just, you know, it is a mild version of it compared to most, we're super lucky. And also it's something that takes usually on average three years to diagnose. So kids go three years on seizure medication and without getting the right amount of glucose to their brain. So, but basically the blood brain barrier can only get half the amount of glucose through, so he wasn't getting the energy he needed. And because he grew really fast and he's a big boy, he started having those apneic seizures because his body was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't like, I don't have enough energy to breathe." And so, it's even crazier about this random rare disorder is that there's there's no medication for it. The medication is diet, and so wow. basically, basically the keto diet. When he makes ketones, ketones is fuel for your brain. We basically make the ketones for him, for his diet, and basically give his brain the energy it needs. So he's on a keto formula right now. And then we will go on to like keto food too. But everything has to be measured and weighed. And he's on a three to one ratio, which is pretty aggressive. So everything he eats has like MCT oil in it too. And it has to be weighed and Eventually, like we're lucky, we've just been told by a specialist that we can wean him down to like a more modified Atkins diet by the time he'll go to school, which would be so much easier for him because that means he'll still be able to eat a lot more like normal foods. But I mean, we're so lucky we found it. These kids, they don't get diagnosed for so long. And by the time they get diagnosed, their brain has been starving for years. And if your brain has been starving for years, you can't walk or you can't talk or you have like random ataxia or where like your legs will just stop working when you're working, when you're like running or something, you know, when you're expelling energy. His diagnosis is like, there's no reason why he won't be like completely fine because it's been caught so early. And we actually have been um, in, we're involved with their foundation now because they're pushing for this to be a part of the like newborn tests. Because if this is something that is found at childbirth, it's also, they're saying it's it's not as rare as you think. It's just undiagnosed. So there's a lot of kids out there that will have this and they're just brushed off with autism and epilepsy when actually, if they went on a keto diet, like even now, even with, you know, their lives could be completely different. So over time, like when I get more time, I'm definitely going to be kind of advocating for this charity because- it's nothing for it to be one of the tests that they do already after we have our babies and they take their blood, that's what, you know, that's what they do. And so for him, he's super lucky. He was diagnosed in 40 days. How did you hear of it or find it or? My husband found it. So he doesn't represent like any kid with it. So kids usually have like failure to thrive. They have their heads are smaller and stuff. Like they show other signs. He didn't have any of those other than he had a spinal tap and his glucose was low. And that's the only thing. And the type of seizures he has were kind of random. Like nobody knew what it was. But my husband was reading when we were in the hospital one night. And he told them I wanted to do a genetic test because the genetic testing tests for like 300 different epilepsy disorders. This just was one of them. And he didn't tell me at the time, but like now he told me afterwards that he knew that it was that. Like just the signs that like H was eating all the time. Like he would breastfeed all the time because he was like, I need the energy, I need the energy. And then he would sleep. And during that, like, the, from the first seizures that happened in those 40 days, he got slower and slower. And I hadn't noticed that before. That kind of, like, was a, was a telltale sign for me.
1: You and your husband, I mean, measuring and weighing, that's what I y'all know. do. I mean, listen, if he was going to have any parents that could help take care of that. I just, it's so bizarre because like, yeah, you're right. Like of
0: all the parents, here's the thing also, like my husband walks out the door every day with his own little Tupperware pot. So like when the, when the doctor was like, oh, he's going to have to, you know, take his own food. I'm like, my husband does keto every summer. Like, what are you talking about?
1: (laughs) So. will he have to eat that way now forever.
0: No, not necessarily. So basically, once the brain has grown, like once you're, once you're grown, you don't require the same amount of glucose. And we know he already gets like 50%. Otherwise, he wouldn't even be like the functioning child that he is. So like once he's grown, it will be, it will be different. Oh, hi. And they actually said to us that in seven months, when we go back, we can potentially um, change him to a modified Atkins diet like in seven months, but they want me first to get him eating everything first. Because obviously with babies, like some days they wanna eat, some days they don't. So how do you put a baby on a controlled diet when they have to eat what's on their plate in order to not get sick i'm in this group and these women have these great ideas and they can make food yummy and and with him it's like if he has a day where he only wants to eat the this special like chocolate pudding keto pudding that we make then so be it like it's whatever but i don't think he'll be that way because i feel like he'll just he'll be used to it when he gets older as a family we'll make an effort to eat more keto too which basically means like he can't have my wine which he can't anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> in this house, it's not really that difficult because he can still have all the things that we can, so yeah, he's so sweet. And he's like, he's now not on any medication either, which has its own thing as well, like because you know, he has to kind of withdraw from them, which is kind of messed up when you think about it.
1: I know, so it's he's funny. been a little ratty, he's being but so good. <laughs> My four year old won't sit that long. Do you notice just a completely different baby now? Oh, my gosh.
0: And I also, like, as soon as we got the diagnosis, it actually was New Year's Eve. We were in the hospital on New Year's Eve, which is crazy because the year before on New Year's Eve is when I told Daniel I was pregnant. And the year before that, he asked me to marry him on New Year's Eve. So our New Year's Eve have always been pretty special. That one was, like, the most... The craziest one of all for sure. Now we are in the swing of things and yeah, and like looking back, I think I always knew something wasn't right. We couldn't, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. With H and I, like with our connection, from the start, I just felt like something was wrong. Like when I would hold him and like, I don't know. And now the way I feel about him now is like completely different. And it was just almost like our connection was was just broken because I knew something was wrong. And I was like, I don't know why I don't feel okay. For a second, I was like, do I have postnatal depression? Like, am I like, what's happening? Like, why do I not feel this way? And I would look at other people with their babies and I'd be like, I don't, I don't feel that way about him. And I only just was like coming to terms with the and about like look into why i was feeling that way and then the first seizures happened and i was like it was crazy it was just like oh almost like
1: he was telling you that he wasn't okay yeah just- and so you weren't feeling okay because you knew he wasn't okay
0: right and then and even when like when we were going through that 40 days when we didn't know what it was that was like the worst like that literally was like the worst feeling it basically was like is he going to just stop breathing again and we don't know why he stops breathing so you know and then i put all this trust in this medicine and so one of the reasons why medicine doesn't work because the same transporter that transports glucose to the brain also transports medicine so for his condition seizure medicines don't work so that's why like I put all this hope into these medicines and then and then I was like how is he still like stopping breathing after he's had a huge amount of seizure medication and they tried all different medications and luckily like he doesn't you know need to be on those because they're aggressive and like I I mean the long-term effect of being on a a seizure medication from that young you know we don't know what those side effects are either Mm -hmm. you know so He's very, very lucky and he's amazing. He's already telling us when he doesn't feel well. But part of me, you know, I said this to a friend earlier, I feel like I've kind of been cheated out of the baby stage because, you know, this happened at three and a half months and now all I wish is for him to talk to me and tell me how he feels because it will be so much easier when he can say, mommy, my head hurts or I'm dizzy or because I'll know instantly what I need to give him to make him feel better. And so right now I don't know that. It's sad, but I I can't wait for him to be to be a little older.
1: Yeah, but y'all have this incredible connection. I mean, wow, what a story that you just knew.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure, but he's so smiley and happy and and so i was he was fully breastfed, and so on new year's Eve when he found when we found out the conditions that he had, I had to stop breastfeeding immediately and he had to be transferred on this formula like overnight, and they were worried that you know babies that are fully breastfed don't suddenly move to a bottle very well. he didn't even care. it's obviously made him feel so much better being on the formula he didn't even like give my boob a second thought it was gone he was like no mom i'm good thanks because everyone was like you know it's gonna be really bad honestly it was worse for me because i was just like cold turkey (laughs) we didn't even get one last time (laughs) i I was like someone just breastfeed from me god (laughs) like daniel so yes we're done in that department but (sighs) i swear if i have another baby i'll be breastfeeding them till they're 10. to make up like, for it <laughs> that's that weird woman that breastfeeds her 10 year old it's fine it's fine he's laughing are you laughing at me are you gonna sleep better tonight since oh that's the one thing they didn't tell me either seizure medications the majority of them cause insomnia so i went from having a newborn that doesn't sleep to a six-month-old baby that still doesn't sleep so i've not slept for six months now and then when you wean off the drugs too also
1: causes sleep problems. So, no, you know,
0: and when this crap that they tell you sleep when the baby sleeps, just do we want any clean underwear? (laughs) They'll take a cat nap here and there just to like, just to keep me on my toes.
1: You'll get there.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. I know. I loved like chatting about all the things. Now I've like reminisced my birth. I'm like, oh
1: God.